Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fans of MLW, we thank you once again for allowing us into your ear canals, uh, wherever you're listening from. Another episode of Pipe It Up coming at you. Got a special guest today, a predator who is known by all, Ryan Cratch. He's on the call with us and uh, got a couple different talking points today about the power rankings, about holiday merch, all that kind of fun stuff. So stay tuned. This is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Fellas, how we doing? Cratch, pleasure as always. Happy to have you on again. Happy to be here, man. I love it. We love it. We love that you're here, Ryan. The, the fans want guests, and we got you. And it's been a while since we've chatted. I know you were you were on the show a couple times this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Good. Good to have you back. Um, and a great season for the Preds once again. If I haven't said it enough on this show already, um, a lot of teams, including the Preds, were were right there this season and just fell short. And you guys were about as close as anybody um, to reaching that World Series. So it was a tough one to swallow. But I th- I think you did a pretty good job post game of uh, composing yourself and sharing your thoughts in the season. Uh, with Predator Nation, but any any final thoughts that you had um, thinking back on it now as it was, you know, a few months ago? No, I mean, I think I said what I wanted to say. Um, I think one thing that might have came off wrong was uh, Wardis' comment on whether or not they deserved it. <laughs> yeah, we, we've addressed um, that already. We discussed that. We yeah, did. yeah. But uh, all respect to the to the Cobras for their, uh, for their performance out there. Um, it's definitely frustrating because after watching the World Series, I feel like we could have put up a, a more of a fight. But you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So a little bit more on that, uh, you know, maybe just expand on that a little bit, Ryan. How do you think that series would have played out uh, if you guys were able to advance the World Series? Well, I mean, after watching the dominance from Jimmy, um, it's hard to say that we would win. You know, I don't think I could go out there and make that statement, but. Uh, I think that we would have – I think we could have put the ball in play a little bit more. I think the Cobras hitting was a real weakness in that, um, obviously, I guess. Um, they just weren't putting up the runs. They weren't even really putting on base runners. And I understand that. Um, like at the Meadows, your your average ground ball to left field is usually a base hit mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, bad hops, it's on the grass and whatnot. But when you're at SoFi, it's, you know, perfect turf and perfect bounces, so it's easier to make that play. But um, – it didn't really seem like they were putting stringing together anything. And I think the predators could have done, could have done so. Was it kind of just difficult to watch in a way? I know I'm sure you were excited for the MLW brand as you, you know, you're, you're a pretty involved guy as a player. I'd say you do more than the average guy when it comes to helping out with tournaments, filming games, even, you know, you were involved a lot in the Instagram live streams and even filming with the iPhone on the, the first base side. So was it just a, an honest bummer deep down, you know, watching, the the series played at SoFi. Yeah. Because, I mean, definitely. it wasn't even for me. Even um, being there was still for me a little bit. Yeah. it's hard. It was hard to swallow that, uh, just to watch them actually get to be on the field. You know, it was uh, a lot of talks about it and a lot of thoughts about it. But once you actually see it, it's different, you know. Mm-hmm. And so once I saw them on the field and they're tossing the pigskin around before the game and I'm just <laughs> thinking, God, I wish I could be doing that. And then, uh, yeah, just watching their performance. I'm not – uh, discrediting the Cobras by any means, but I think, yeah, I think the Preds could have put some together that uh, maybe would have been a little bit more competitive. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you yeah. think you get back there next year? Do you think it's, you were the guy known for bringing the screwball into the league this year and a lot of pitchers across the league, Robles, Norp, um, I think even Kyle Schultz was trying to give it a shot late in the season, uh, mixing in that two-seamer. Um, does the evolution continue into next year? What else do you got in the tank? I don't know, Tom. That's a good question. Uh, 
I, you know, there's a lot of different things running through my mind. One of them being uh, like a change up type thing. Um, after when we played at the uh, UFS tournament and we faced uh, Pagano with his change up, oh. you know, it made me kind of question whether or not that was nightmares about that. Yeah. Whether or not I was capable of doing that on an uh, actual MLW field with our rules and whatnot. So maybe I'll go for that. But as far as the two seam goes, I think people are just now learning it. As for me, I think I have, I have a year of experience with it and I understand where, you know, where it needs to be and when. So um, I don't think I need to add anything crazy to my arsenal, but uh, I definitely need to just, you know, do, do exactly what I did last year and fine tune my stuff. I think another really bright note for you guys this year was, uh, and we've talked about it before, but the play of Brennan Russell. And uh, I played with Brennan a few seasons, obviously. You know, I know his game. Um, he's had a little bit of, I would say, like inconsistency in his career. Like he's had good seasons and bad seasons, just as I have. But this year he really like blossomed. Um, so as co-manager, Ryan, what do you think really led to that and, you know, allowed him to really take a jump this year with his batting average? You know, I got to give a lot of credit to Brennan. Um, obviously, me and Ward are in his ear a lot, you know, just telling him to make sure he's, like, getting his work in and make sure his first swings of the year aren't on opening day. And he did that. <laughs> he uh, he did a lot of work on the defensive side. He did a lot of work offensively, as you guys could see in his numbers. So a lot of credit is due to him. You know, it was, it was a lot of him. You know, and also you've got, you know, him and I usually try and work with each other when we're facing a pitcher. Uh, Warder usually talks to McGlade most of the time, but, you know, I'm usually in Brennan's ear and he's usually in mine telling each other what we're seeing and uh, what we should be looking for. I think Russell was a prime example, and even yourself this season, of the dedication of the Preds organization. Um, I think I particularly was questioning that a lot in the offseason with the draft selection that was made. But from the birth of the Predators, you know, almost a decade ago now, to winning the World Series in 2019, to being right on the doorstep this year. Um, you guys have shown just how far you can go in this league with just effort, consistency, and really you know putting your best foot forward continuously. Because Russell is a guy who came in, I'm trying to think back now, but I want to say Russell's first year was like 2015. Yeah, he, he, I, I came in in 2016, so he must have been at least one, maybe two years before that. But. And, you know, at, at the time... Brent and I were, we were friends, we had mutual friends, but we weren't like best buddies or anything like that. And I had no idea, you know, what his real interest was in playing in the league. <laughs> of course, like people at our school had seen it and thought it was fun and like it looked like mm -hmm. a great time and wanted to be a part of it. But I had no clue that you would have, couldn't have paid me enough money to say Russell's going to be still playing in every game eight years from now. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but it, it shows, it shows. Wiffle ball with our style of play and our rules, um, it rewards those reps. So yeah, credit, even credit to you guys for sticking with it for so long. And, and that's why you guys are so good. And now that I'm thinking about it last year, he had the back injury as well. He said so that for a while, but that, but he got it like he yeah, got yeah. surgery. So mm -hmm. we could see, we could see the prime years of Brennan just starting right now after he got rid of that, those back <laughs> just entering his prime. He could be just entering his prime. So something to watch, but, um, we're going to get into the power rankings, I think, but I wanted to just make a comment because I don't remember where exactly you guys were in the preseason, but you were pretty low, um, it, you know, at least compared to where you finished at. And I think part of that reason was because there were a lot of question marks around your draft pick and how you guys used that with Mac Hawley. Um, and we didn't see mm -hmm. a lot of Mac Hawley this year. 
which, you know, it, it ended up working for you guys. Whatever you and Alec were doing and the way you were managing your lineup, obviously it, it worked for the most part. But uh, what do you think going forward we're going to see from Matt Hawley in terms of contribution to the Predators? Well, you know, it's, it's tough because – I don't want to say, and this this comes. There's no good way to say this, but you 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 draft players in hopes of them being good, but you also draft players in case your your current players are bad, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So yeah. like, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like how you know MLB teams bring in young talent, right? So we brought in Mac, um, not saying that, not thinking that Brennan wouldn't play. We just thought, you know, if we got to a stretch where Brennan was in a slump or whatnot, we at least have somebody that we can rely on who sees the ball well, which he showed, and can get on base, which he does. And we really just never needed it. Brennan, Brennan's numbers were far and away the be- some of the best I've ever seen by playing with him, mm-hmm. and we just didn't need to use him. So Mac is reliable in the, in the role that he's in. He does the same thing as McGlade on the sidelines, helping each other, or helping Warda or Russell you know, with their, uh, their hitting approaches and whatnot. So what you what you should expect to see, I'm not sure, but I definitely wouldn't give up on him. I mean, I have a lot of high hopes for him. He still practices with me and Steve a lot. So um, it's just whether or not he's really needed. And I know that's weird to say, and it might sound weird, but that's the truth. I think Mac also does a good job at getting Steve and all of you guys in the right headspace. The chemistry is so important. Mm-hmm. I know Steve came in only knowing you on the team, and now he also has his buddy Mac on the sideline. I'm sure that helps with him feeling comfortable on yeah. that as well. Definitely. It's very important. Okay. So if you guys did not see on our Instagram, on the MLW Instagram, the 2022 final power rankings were released by Mr. Kamish. And uh, not too many surprises, but a couple definite eye catchers in my opinion. Um, So I'll break it down for you guys. One through eight real quick. Number one, we had the D-backs. Number two, the Mallards. Number three, the Cobras. Four, the Predators. Five, Eagles. Six Wildcats, seven Gators, and eight Magic. And you may have noticed my emphasis on number two, the Mallards, because that's the one I think is kind of a head turner to a lot of people because the Mallards weren't in the World Series. It was D backs, Cobra. So why are those two teams not one and two? Um, thoughts, Jack, you want to lead us off? Sure. I mean, on that note, um, it's, it's funny. Like we've, we've been doing these power rankings for a few years now. And the way like I would do them in my head, is almost start from the bottom. So, like, the Gators magic, I mean, I hate to say it, those teams are in the right spot in, the, in these power rankings based, I agree. based off this season. Um, and the Diamondbacks, number one, easy. So now we got three of the eight eliminated. But the, the parity in this league now is so incredible at how even it is, really, when you look at it. So with only eight teams, it's so hard to get these power rankings, like, you know, mm-hmm. right on the nose. So Mallard's Cobras, honestly, I think they could be swapped like two or three or not. It doesn't matter. Um, like I, I honestly don't have much beef with these power okay. rankings, which a lot of people are like, you know, get, they get super fired up about power rankings a lot of the times. And sometimes sure. I do too. I think these ones are pretty accurate. Um, the one that pops out to me the most is honestly the Wildcats because it just it just looks weird seeing the Wildcats that low. But mm-hmm. you can't you can't put them over the Eagles and you can't put them over the Cobes or the Preds in the AL. So it's like that's where they belong. So I personally, uh, I think yes, maybe 
the Mallards being at number two is is a little bit unfair to the Cobras. Um, but they both lost to the Diamondbacks ultimately. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, they're pretty even teams. So they, they could be flipped, but it is what it is. And I think that may have been part of the justification was the ma- the margin of victory for the D-backs over the Mallards and over the Cobras was different. Right. Once again, just by a few different things that occurred. You know, the Cobras were very, very close to tying that series at 1-1, and then the walk-off from Jimmy got that series to 2-0, and the wheels fell off the bus. So um, I think that probably weighed a pretty good factor in Kyle's decision when when making these power rankings. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, like you said, you don't have too much beef with them. I really don't either, but, you know, they were made this way for a reason. Yeah. And if I'm a Cobras fan or a Cobras player, I'm like, you know, what do I got to yeah. do to get number two? You know what I mean? So... I think it's funny looking at this now with also the college football playoff happening and seeing, you know, <laughs> what wins are valued more than others and that kind of stuff. So if I'm a Cobras fan, I'm definitely frustrated falling behind the Mallards. The Mallards did beat the Cobras head-to-head. The Mallards right. did fight against the D-backs a little bit harder. But the reason that I think, and Ryan, I want you to pitch to chime in now, but bumping the Cobras to three and putting the Mallards at two, does that almost, like, discredit how hard the Predators, like how good the Predators were and how hard they fought against the Cobras and then lost to, I don't know. Seeing the Predators at four is also wild to me because they were yeah. so, they were one base away from going to the World Series. You know what I mean? Yep. So in th- It would have changed a lot, but you all... W- I know, it could have, would have, should have, I guess. The, but the Cobras, you know, kind of got the best of the Predators in the regular season too, right? They did. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know... Kind of had to. It is again. what it is. Like that's yeah. uh, the Cobras are in the right spot, I think, and you could argue for them to be at number two. The Predator Ryan, we'll let you comment, obviously, but the Predators being at number four, you're right. It looks weird, but like the parody is just insane. It's it's mm-hmm. tough. It's tough to really lock this down. But w- what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely weird. Uh, when I saw him, you know, I was at first I was a little shocked, but then I kind of just came to a realization of why that the, they were were what they are. Um, when we, when the initial power rankings came out before the season and we were eight, uh, the predators, you know, we were excited to prove everybody wrong. Right. But mm-hmm. four wasn't what we were shooting for. We were shooting for one or two. And right. Very close and, to doing um, that. Right. And, you know, and it does come down to that one base. Yeah. But, um, that's just that one series and the Cobras dominated us in the regular season. And then you have the Cobras and the Mallards. And it is weird to see the Mallards over the Cobras, even though the Cobras made the World Series. But, I mean, the realistic point of it is is that there's two sides to this league. But yep. I think that the the Mallards and the Diamondbacks are both better than the Cobras. And I think it's fair to, you know, there's a lot of uh, proof behind that, right? A lot of evidence, especially with how much the Diamondbacks dominated them. Uh, but, yeah, it was weird to see, especially as somebody who is kind of a fan of this league and myself, uh, to see the Mallards so high above the, especially above the Cobras. But for the Predator spot, I think that's the spot we earned, but mm. not the spot we wanted. You yeah. also have to consider, too, and once again, these teams have to go somewhere, but the Eagles are sitting at five, and that Eagles team, <laughs> they had the D-backs on the ropes so in the DS. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's yeah, really, it's, it's the difference between the AL and the NL, and objectively speaking, do we think the NL was stronger this year with two teams on top of the power rankings now and the Eagles being so close to beating the Diamondbacks, but then the Cobras fell badly? It's so hard for me to say. I I mean, I was at every yeah. series, guys. I was at every series this year, and when I watched the Predators beat the Wildcats the way they did in the ALDS, and when I watched the Predators storm back to win game one of the ALCS, I was telling everyone and thinking in my head, 
nobody is beating this team this year. Like mm-hmm. you guys were just on fire, and now you're fourth in the power rankings. So <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about the AL and L comparison this year, Jack? I mean, again, it's like the Gators and Magic. You can kind of just just talk. I mean. I don't even remember what our records were, but it was basically even in terms of records and accomplishments by the end of the season. So those are two teams in opposite divisions that you can basically, you know, toss. But then looking at the other three, it's like you'd put the Wildcats as the lowest. They're they're the lowest rate ranked in the power rankings for the AL, mm-hmm. but they had they had the uh, they had the same record right as the Cobras. Uh yeah, the Wildcats. If the Cobras would have lost to the D-backs in that extra inning crazy game in Vermont, yeah, on Little Fenway, then the Wildcats would have been the one seed in the American League. That's how close and it that, was. And that, yeah, exactly. So it's like that. I don't know. It's just I can't. I I feel like I'm a broken record, but I think that the parity in this league is something that has taken off exponentially. Like we just mm-hmm. don't really have those like four teams that are like kind of so-so it's like the Gators and the Magic yes we didn't have a great year this year we tried to obviously compete but the rest of the teams were I mean you almost could have just flipped a coin for some of these yeah. series well that's what that's why I brought up the whole college football playoff thing because my mom and I always argue about this and mm-hmm. I'm just stating what I see you know, you know a one loss Ohio State team gets in an Ohio State team that didn't even make their conference championship gets into the playoff, whereas a lot of other conference champions or conference runner-ups did not. So right. when I see that Mallards-Cobras thing, that, that reminds me a lot of that. It's like, okay, well, the Mallards didn't even get to the World Series. Why are they ranked higher than the Cobras? That kind of thing. But I don't I know. Think it's it's just, interesting. Yeah, I think it's just ultimately, right. like, you know, you are what your record is. You know what I mean? Like, that's how these rankings mostly got, mm-hmm. got uh, written up. Mm-hmm. And so if... Yeah, if the Predators beat the Cobras and go to the World Series, I think they're probably at number two, even if they lose. You know what I mean? And that bumps the Mallards down. That bumps the Cobras down. And we always say MLW (laughs) is a a game of inches, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, you guys were a couple hits away from doing that. So that's that's... Mm -hmm. That's just the way of the game. Well, also, the inter- way of the game. An interesting stat also is how top heavy the like league was in terms of win loss like records. Mm-hmm. Listen to this, Jack. This is the top six teams. Downtown Diamondbacks twelve and twelve. Lots of losses. Yes, we know it came in the regular season, but D backs twelve and twelve. Mallards twelve and six. Cobras twelve and nine. Predators twelve and eight. Eagles eleven and seven. Wildcats ten and seven. Yeah, because they six all beat up the, on the Gators and Magic. Six of the eight teams <laughs> had 10 to 12 wins. I, yeah. I've never seen anything like that in this league's history ever. Yeah. Four 12-win squads. Like, that's crazy how uh, how that ended up. It's wild to me. You know, it's it, it's it's funny, like, bring up the American League versus National League thing. It's like, if the, if the Cobras put up more of a fight in the World Series, then do, if they got, say they did get the two seed in the power rankings... Then it goes American League, National League, every other, all the way down the power rankings. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no like then there if they put up more of a fight, as I'm saying, then there is no top heavy side, which is you know it's crazy. It's just right. like in baseball, like the AL versus the NL. Um, I mean, we're all playing the same game, guys. I'm at every series. I, I think the conferences are pretty much dead even. We saw the All Star game was crazy this year, back and forth. There's big names on both sides, and. Uh, this was by far the most even the league was ever going to be coming into the season, and I think the the records show 
and the crazy outcomes show just how much talent there is evenly balanced across the eight squads outside of the two that were at the bottom this year. Right. And the Eagles and at, that one, will change point, with the at one point on the on this podcast, we were sitting here and we were going, Who's gonna stop the Eagles? I know. And now they're at five. It's like it's hard, but once again, the head to head matchup, the Preds beat the Eagles head to head late. Mm-hmm. The Eagles didn't finish strong and the four teams above them did. Right. So the Eagles had the D backs on the ropes. They swept the Mallards earlier in the year. I mean, you could have easily had an Eagles World Series championship this year, but it, it just didn't happen. So you got to think about that, you know? It's crazy. Absolutely wild. But this was so for crazy. sure the most interested and intrigued I've ever been looking at a uh, postseason power rankings just because of mm-hmm. the reasons we we noted. So I'm, I'm curious for your guys' thoughts. If you have any strong thoughts about it, um, leave it in our comment section on Instagram. Send us a DM at Pipe It Up MLW and, and let us know. All right, so as I'm sure a lot of you guys saw and purchased, thank you so much to those of you who did purchase, but we added a lot of new merch pieces, as I mentioned, prior to Black Friday. And we didn't talk about a whole lot of them in too much detail on this show yet, but they're still available. If you order them this week, they'll still get there before Christmas. So if you want to gift it to your brother, your little bro, big bro, your dad, whoever watches MLW, gift it to yourself. I'm one who likes to shop for people and then buy stuff for myself. I'm very guilty of that. So want to buy yourself a little something? MLWmerch.com got a lot of cool pieces. So we added custom individual player pieces for T-shirts. These are for Jordan Robles, Sawyer Bean, Drew Davis got one, uh, Dallas Allen got one, and then we have a Preds team tee and a Magic team tee. A lot of cool pieces, new hoodie, uh, new signed ball from the D-backs, new patch. Uh, Jack, which one of these shirts do you think is your favorite? Oh, I got to go with... Uh... Apparently, it's not one of the best sellers so far, but I got to go with the cheat code T. Cheat code T uh, is fire. My boy, my boy, Chris Cheatham. This thing. I didn't mention that one. This thing is like, it's unlike any t-shirt I've ever seen. And that's why it just jumps out <laughs> to me. It's so cool. It is cool looking. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty sweet looking. I just love, I love the, the personal aspect of these t-shirts, right? It's very on par with our brand. Uh, we, we emphasize, you know, players in this league and we know that you guys as the audience, you know, grow close as, as a, as a fan base towards, you know, some of us, the players in the league. And so I just think these are, these are so cool. It's, it's really cool to be able to like, other than the get Norp t-shirt, I don't think we ever really had, you know, single personal Mm t-shirts. So this is very cool. I love this collection. How about you, Ryan? What stands out to you from this collection of merch? You know, the Dallas Allen banana ball shirt yeah, is fire. Awesome. <laughs> I'm not coming at Dallas in any way. His signature does need a little work. <laughs> the shirt, the shirt is sweet itself. I like I love the presentation shirt. I thought the Moybian shirt was also really cool, but I thought the, the design on the banana ball shirt was It's cool. funny because I know Dallas's dad and Dallas are both gonna hear that and they'll probably laugh. But yeah. what I like about it so much, the banana ball tea is first of all like the cartoon of Dallas looks awesome. The fact that he's holding mm. a banana is hilarious. Yeah. Um the but the, sign- let's talk- the signature, okay. Yes, Dallas's autograph could use a little work, but <laughs> I think it's awesome because it really embodies like what MLW is. You know, we're not pro athletes with these fancy signatures and all this media training blah blah blah. We're just a group of friends, you know, a group of kids who came together and started this thing and Dallas happened to join us along that journey. So I think I think it's perfect. Honestly, I yeah. wouldn't want it any other way. Uh, Dallas 
Never change, buddy. Never change. I wonder how I don't how old is Dallas? I think Dallas turned 17. 16. He might not even even been taught cursive in school. Like they, they stopped probably teaching don't. it. So because nobody yeah. writes anything in cursive anymore. Mm-hmm. So how are you supposed to come up with your own signature if you never learn cursive? <laughs> I know, I know. That's very true. I mean, I think a lot, were you one of those kids, Jack, who would like practice your autograph and like a notebook totally. at school? Oh <laughs> yeah, I had, I had like probably three or four. I'm like, once I make it to the NFL, yeah, I'm gonna have a lot of autographs to sign, uh-huh. and I want it to be cool. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I totally did that. I uh, the sad thing is, is I, this is a funny story, guys. So I used to do the same thing, of course, like every boy did. I feel like who played sports, and I would always sign it like Tommy Coglin because that was what I went by growing up. Still mm-hmm. do, obviously, at 23. Um, and then when I was like you know, starting to actually have to sign things, like getting my driver's license and stuff like that, like my driver's permit. My dad's like, you can't sign your name, Tommy. You got to sign it like Thomas Coughlin III. Like, it's your full name. You know, I'm mm. Thomas Coughlin Jr., Thomas III. So then I had to, like, switch my autograph that I had to make it say Thomas Third. And then, like, when I actually had to sign a wiffle ball autograph, I was like, oh, crap, what am I going to do now? Do I do? So <laughs> I started signing as Thomas because like, that was the only autograph I had, like, practiced then since then. And I've done Thomas Ever since I've never stopped that. So people probably get my autograph. I'm like, what does that even say? It's like T and then an H. Like that's not how you spell Tommy. I think next year, top of the year, calendar year, 2023, I'm just gonna start signing Tommy. New signature again. I think I'm gonna change it back. You're gonna go back. I feel like that's kids want to see that. You know what I mean? They don't want to see Thomas Coglin on their ball. Who the heck is that? They want to see Tommy <laughs> Coglin. Thomas sounds like a political figure. I do love the. I do love the uh, the hoodie too. I the hoodie's I have, fire. I have you know the yeah. old. Uh, the old MLW sweatshirt, the gray one, which is which is great too. But this one's got the embroidered That's, logo, which is just class. That's that, just so that was class. A big point of emphasis for me this year. I wanted it last year, didn't happen. But I was like, we have to get a stitched piece. Yep. Stitched pieces are so yep. sweet, and the stitch quality is super nice. The hoodie's super comfortable. We sampled several different options, and uh, I love the hoodie. If you guys get anything, you're a, you're a Midwest guy, you live up north, gets a little chilly in the winter. Highly recommend yourself an MLW hoodie. It's they're so nice. Quality is a one. I bought it immediately myself. So did Greg. <laughs> Ryan and Greg Cratch copped immediately. Ryan, you also got a yep. personal piece for yourself and Preds. So this is like a team t-shirt. We have a black and yellow Preds Nation t-shirt yep. that features cartoons of Alec, Ryan, and Brennan Russell on it. I love that tee as well. Uh, Ryan, what do you think of it when you first saw it? I was I was just so pumped. Uh, Kyle sent us the graphic a few days before it dropped, and I was just stoked as soon as I saw it. I love the uh, Brennan. The way they uh, portrayed Brennan is the best. I think with the with the, the hand signals up in the, the air. Hand yeah. All the time. Shades. Um, yeah, you yeah. guys look cool. It's funny. You can immediately tell who's who. And uh, you mentioned the mm-hmm. graphics. Shout out to Cole Story Forty One Design. He was a guest on our video episode we did last year. Yes, sir. Um, him and Kyle, you know, kind of tag teamed these and went through the creative process together. So great job. I must say, although. Not a lot of Magic fans out there as of right now, at least not a lot of new ones. The Wands Up t-shirt looks so cool. I might have to buy that for myself just to sport around because it looks so sick. It's a fire tee. It you really just is. can't go wrong with that, the color that combo. 90s cup no. color. You know, it just looks good with everything. <laughs> I, I Although I guess we're the only team that didn't really get a personalized player. Hence why you got a team shirt. Hence every, why we every got a team, team shirt. Every team is now yeah. represented. We, uh, six teams got new stuff. Um, the D-backs already had the Get Norp shirt, and the Wildcats already had their little six-times champion shirt. So every nice. team has a unique piece other than the jersey now available on our site. And if you guys are wondering where they're at, um, you can find them under the Black Friday 2022 tab on MLWmerch.com. So check them out. But with that, Ryan, I know you got a busy schedule yourself. Finals week, you said, over there at Alma College. Go, Scots. Um, so 
Yes, I will say that uh, you are in the conversation for MVP. Um, I'm sure fans, fans of you want to see you raise that trophy for the second time in your career. So uh, I don't know if you want to stand here and plead your case, but I want to say congratulations again on a great season, and uh, maybe it's time Ryan gets the second MVP. I appreciate that, Tom. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I really hope so. I already hashtagged a Instagram an Instagram post on my personal. So you account. want it? You're not shy uh, about it? Yeah, I know. I I really want it, and as soon as the voting process comes out, I'll be all over social media. Um, but I mean, I'm being yeah, honest. It's, it's kind of a big deal. Like. This it is a competitive a league. Yeah. If you win the MVP, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of good players and a lot mm. of talented guys. So winning the MVP is a big deal. So whether yeah. it's you or Jordan or Dallas or Baron, I feel like are kind of the front runners right now. Um, it's well deserved for whoever ends up with it because it's it's not easy to do. So congratulations on a great season, regardless what happens. And uh, thanks for joining us. I'll see you at Brighton Bowl soon, hitting the lanes. All right, Tom. I'll see you there. I owe Ryan a game. Why do I? Why do I owe you a game? I forget why. I won the home run derby. Ah, that's right. right. In the beginning. That's right. Another on, case for MVP. Yeah, there, oh, that is another. <laughs> I mean, come on, that might weigh into a come little on, bit. Come on, this kid hits nukes. Right, yeah. just a t- just a little bit. Yeah, I, owe, I owe Ryan a game on the lanes, so uh, we'll hit BB soon. And uh, all right, good luck on your exams. Hey right, man, take it easy. See ya. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now, back by popular demand, we have another draft lined up for you guys. I think everybody enjoyed the last uh, little backyard games draft we did. Got a lot of love, a lot of comments about that. So and it was controversial. People really Close. wanted Can Jam. Also, everyone who wanted Can Jam on that list, you guys all spelled Can Jam wrong and did the mm. brand dirty. Can Jam is K A N J A M. Everyone did with a C. Fake fans. Kind of disappointed in that. Yeah. We also <laughs> had another backyard game. Uh, I think it was called like Nine Square from a. It was something to do with Nine Squares. It's like it's like cross net kind of. <laughs> no. <laughs> not hopscotch a different game that like was tagged by skibby wiffle ball in our comment section then comments like yo you should have included us so that was also funny okay um but anyways uh you guys enjoyed that draft so this week that'll be fun to do a mlw logo draft eight teams four rounds jack you went first last time yep and we alternated People are saying we should have done a snake draft. How do you feel about that? Should we do a snake draft or should we just alternate? I feel like alternating is better in this type of format. I feel like with just two people. Yeah, I feel like a snake would be kind of weird. Yeah, Let's let's just alternate. I guess I'll go first this time. Or do you want to flip first? Nah, you got it, dog. You deserve it. I do deserve it. I worked hard this week. And I'm I'm better. Feeling better, which is good. All right, Mm -hmm. so I'll start us off. All right. Number one in the MLW logo draft. Uh, It was a a toss-up for me between one and two. I like both these logos a lot. Oh, they're unique. They're original. They pop. But I'm going to take it right from underneath you, Jack. I'm taking the magic at number one overall. Wow. It's, it's a phenomenal logo. The wiffle ball under the hat. Uh, it's just there's nothing like it. It's unique, like I said. And um, I think you know what it is when you see it. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no second guessing what that top hat is with that wiffle ball. As well as that's kind of like your, new, your newer logo. The original logo with the 90s cup theme, also yep. phenomenal. You have two phenomenal logos. So... Magic at number one for me on the, on the logo category. I'm happy with the Magic's logo game. We need to improve our wiffle ball game going into next uh, season. But at, at least logo is where it needs to logo's be. Logo is fire. That's step one. 
Uh, I'm going to play the Uno reverse card on you, and I'm going to actually take Mallards with my first right. pick. I think your guys' logo is uh, definitely one of the cleanest in the league. The duck is just like, you know, just like what you said about the magic. It's easily recognizable. The colors play. They fit really well together. And the, it's just a, it's a classy logo. It's, uh, I'm, I don't know. That's my pick. I like it. I like it the best. I think it's the cleanest logo. A lot I was going to take that number one, to be honest. So A lot of time and effort went to that logo. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a lot of different renditions of the logo. Some of, with the bird without the hat on, some with the hat on. Sometimes the hat had stitches. Um, I did not sign a logo myself. I, I sourced it from our boy Cole Story, second shout out of the pod. Mm-hmm. But I will say I made my personal contribution of changing the M on the hat. If you'll notice, mm-hmm. the M on that hat matches the kind of script font on our green t-shirt jerseys yep you originally had like a regular stock block m and i said make one change toss in the cursive m we're good to go i think also maybe uh what's what i'm thinking about now just looking at it is it i feel like the oregon ducks might have like a throwback logo maybe that kind of looks like this they or have like a some, duck with a white face yeah beak, there's I think. some team that has the same kind of looking duck that i really liked when i saw it on their uniform so a duck maybe that's cool in my subconscious you like the Miami Hurricanes, like their bird logo. Yeah. It's just a cool thing in a logo, I feel like. Birds are cool. So, yeah, I'm super happy with how this how this logo turned out. And I also had that number two on my draft board, so mm-hmm. so good pick there. Moving into number three. This is where things got a little hairier. Decisions got tougher. Um, I'm going to take one of our rivals, the Cobras. Um, I, I like their logo a lot. I think it has a lot of potential, too. When I say potential, I think like a lot of stuff could stem from their existing circular logo you have the cobra in there that could be a logo on its own as an alternate you have the two c's that are kind of fangs from the cobra that could also be a separate alternate logo i think there's a lot of potential in this logo and a lot of good can come from it in the long run so i got cobra's number three good pick um i kind of had a feeling you were going to go there i feel like it's the number most... two sorry number two for myself yep I, I i feel like it's the next most intricately subtle logo if that okay. description makes sense yeah. like the c's you don't almost you almost don't even like see them right away when you mm-hmm. look at it and it's got the snake in there it's a cool logo um i'm gonna go with the other snakes the downtown diamondbacks for my mm-hmm. second pick i think their logo is uh i would describe it as as gritty um which i think the downtown diamondbacks are for you know sure. the, the snake's just looking right at you right in the face uh it's gripping the wiffle ball in its fangs it looks really really intimidating which you know plays with logos a lot of the time and uh yeah you 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 know it's a wiffle ball team right it's not it's it's got the wiffle ball in its mouth so what else would it be doing and downtown diamondbacks for my second pick all right good choice good choice i respect it moving on to my third pick uh i'm gonna go with the western wildcats not the jack's making a face at me but I, i have some reasoning behind this jack it's, it's a classic. It's a staple in the league. It hasn't changed in 12 years, Jack. It's been the same logo the whole time. He's not liking it. This is my, this is my team. <laughs> well, here's what I'll say. is This is my team. That, I know. It is your team. It is my your team. team. I'll give that I'm, to I'm you. I'm not ashamed of that pick. Okay. What I was going to say is that you, the, the first two picks off the board were new, like, redesigned logos. Uh, they were. Like, upgraded they were. That's logos. why I needed a classic piece on my roster. Okay. I needed that balance. You're well-balanced. You're well-balanced. You and are well balanced. I'll give you that. It's I like I said. I wouldn't say it's my favorite logo in this league. Clearly, it's not. I took it in the third round, but I just feel like with the Wildcats being a staple in this league and that logo not changing for a decade, how mm-hmm. can I not take it in the third round? You know what I mean? That's fair. That's fair. You you got some loyalty to the Cats. I do. 
Um, I was once a cat, you know. I once put that were. logo on my chest. You so. were. And similarly, with my next pick in the draft, I'm going to go with the Pacific Predators. Um, I took the Mallards first to give the team some some pop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just going grit from here on out. Okay. So the Pacific Predators, another gritty logo. It's got the little slashes on it with the P. You know, they've, they, they also kind of had that little uh, predator, that cat on mm-hmm. there as their logo at one point that I played with on my jersey. And it's just, uh, it's classy, it's gritty, and uh, that's my third pick, okay. Pacific Predators. All right, all right. Fourth round, two teams left on the board. That is the Gators and the Eagles rounding us off. Uh, I'm going to take the Gators on this one. In my opinion, kind of a landslide. But yeah, um, I already got the classic touch from the Wildcats in my third round. So in round four here, I'm taking just the better logo, and I think it's the Gators. Yeah. I'm a big color guy, Jack, and I think the Gators color combo is, is nice. You wouldn't think it would be. Blue mm-hmm. and green wouldn't go together so well. But as the Seattle Seahawks prove and the Gators prove, I think it looks really nice in their jerseys. I like their classic T-shirt jerseys. Mm-hmm. I think they look great. And uh, colors are good. Logo's simple. I like it. Yeah, I think that was a no-brainer. That leaves me to wrap it up with the Eagles. I think we obviously both had this last on our board. Um, like you said, colors play a huge factor. To be honest, when I see the Eastern Eagles color, I get a little bit disgusted being a Michigan State fan. Yeah, they kind of look like Michigan badly. colors. Um, it all it just kind of looks to me like a youth football logo, like the, like like a, a Eagles team would put it on their helmet. <laughs> um, and I'm not really stoked with this that I ended up with it, but you know, it's been around. I guess to to your Wildcats point, it's a classy. You know, that's it's kind it's, of a, even though it's yeah, it's not the best logo. It's, it's, it's a veteran. It's, it's, it's a veteran it's, logo. It's a classic logo that you now have it's in classic, your team. Yeah. And you got it as Mister. Not Irrelevant, classy, so. but classic. There's yeah. a difference. Big difference. Yes. Big difference in those two terms. Yep. But all right, I'm not ashamed of my squad at all. No. Let us know once again, guys, who you think had the better team. Um, and yeah, moving along, let us know what we should draft next. So we're gonna jump into our in other news segment now. Um, we saw some news come out about Cristiano Ronaldo. For all you soccer fans out there, signing a massive, massive contract with a Saudi Arabian soccer club. Um, so this contract is he's gonna be earning two hundred million dollars over two seasons, something like that. Something crazy. Disgusting. It's like two hundred um, a year. It's 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 astronomical. It's a lot of money. And um we, we kind of saw the same thing pan out with the with the Live Golf Tour and the Saudi Golf League uh, opposing the PGA and giving those players, you know, different contract setups, more guaranteed money, things like that, um, that the PGA was not really offering them. And we saw a lot of players leave. So the question I kind of want to pose to you, Tom, is, you could pick whatever sport or just put yourself in whatever league, but what what would it really take for you to, um, and maybe it is uh, an actual monetary number, mm-hmm. uh, but what would it take for you to step away from the established league, the established organization that you've been a part of? You know, maybe it's MLW, maybe it's a different league that is offering you some some sort of incentive, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but what do you think is that threshold for you or that line that you would just jump ship and say, yeah, this is good for me? It's an interesting topic because um, like a lot of stuff in life, there's there's levels to everything, right? And I think more so than money sometimes, more money can usually mean a better opportunity or a more prestigious opportunity. 
like look at coaching jobs, for example. We just saw uh, Deion Sanders move from Colorado. Yeah, he went to Colorado from what is it, Jackson State, State, I Jack, think, Jack, whatever it is. Um, so anyway, Jackson, yeah, something like more that. money there, and you can say that's a money-driven decision, but it's also you know a, a, a larger Division One program. It's a Power Five school, that kind of stuff. So that's yep. probably more of a reason than anything to to make that move than even the money. But I think a lot of fans can see it as, oh, he just went for the big money job and that kind of stuff. So I think for me, decisions, of course, money's a factor, but mm-hmm. the prestige is almost more important. So for a guy like Cristiano Ronaldo leaving, what I believe he's in the Premier League, now going to some other club, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Is it something that he thinks is more prestigious? Does he think just the, is it just a strictly a money decision? I would like to not think so. I think he's mm-hmm. already all set. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know he also has people, agents and whatnot, who are telling him to make certain calls and persuading him one way or the other. Yeah. So once again, there's levels, Jack. At our stage in our lives, like we're not making any kind of astronomical money where I'm going to be all set. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're, we're working on that. So in theory, yeah, if someone were to hang a fat amount of money in front of my face and say, like, you can do this and you're going to make this for doing what you are. It would have to make sense, but yeah, it'd be tempting to say, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to triple my salary and I'm going to do something I still like to do and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it really have to be the right offer. I think, I think the, the work you're going to be doing is just as important as, as the, the promotion. So I, I would like to think that I wouldn't take just an obnoxious amount of money for something that I'm not interested in doing. Yeah. I know it's one thing to say that and then to see it type of thing, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'll transparently say it right now. Like, I I was sitting pretty, I had an engineering job last year and I essentially took a pay cut to come to MLW full time right? with where it's at right now. And that should tell you all you need to know about me, I guess. For sure. I think that, um, just to comment on the Deion Sanders thing, I think that's almost like, yes, he's getting a pay raise in money, but like I phrased in the question, you know, it would be more about taking more money to move to a less established less credible maybe less respected yeah so so his case is not that yeah he's going to a more well-known league so it's it's different Mm -hmm. but there i agree with you there are layers um what i would say is i feel like you know whatever sport it is whatever league it is there's certain things that you can't put like a monetary value on so, mm-hmm. like, I'll explain. Like, for example, if another wiffle ball league, you know, <laughs> offered me X amount of dollars to play in it, right? Mm-hmm. There is no money that could make up for the relationships and the experiences I've had within MLW and the connection I have within MLW. Well, and the prestige, right? And the prestige. And the respect. Right? And the respect. Um, there's also, like, take the golf for example, it's kind of just like, oh, you know, you're, oh, you're just, you're yeah. checking out, you know, you're uh-huh. cashing out. <laughs> it's like, what are you really competing for, you know, uh-huh. at that point? So I think there's, there's a lot of things that don't necessarily have like a monetary value that you can put on, mm-hmm. but that make a huge impact on your experience in any given league. You know, maybe Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, I mean, He's one of, if not the best soccer players in the world, right? Like everybody knows him around the world, wherever he's playing, everybody's going to know Cristiano Ronaldo. But if you're maybe an up and coming soccer player 
that's kind of like just starting to get known, right? You're you're going to have a better chance at like building your platform and maybe making a little bit less money in like the EPL versus like this Saudi league. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So like there's other there's other kind of factors in it than just money. I don't think it's always as black and white as People money. People always go to money. Yeah. But like I'm trying to think about myself and like what I'm passionate about too. Like, of course, growing up, I wanted to like be in the MLB, right? Mm-hmm. You said NFL, whatever. So like, that's the league I wanted to be in. Now, if some other professional baseball league, say it was in Japan or Saudi Arabia, whatever, offered me double the money to play there. I think my main considerations would be, what does this do for me and my reputation long-term? And like, what actually is that league? Is there more talent there? Mm-hmm. Um, is there less talent there? Yeah. It could also be a legacy move to say like, I was the one who went to this league and then it grew to something crazy. Maybe Cristiano Ronaldo thinks if I go to this league, it could start something crazy. And I'll be like the guy who made the first move. So there's so many factors that come into it, but I, I do think, and I would want to say even for someone like Ronaldo, I don't know who, I don't know. Him. I don't even know anything about yeah. him really, but. I think it's more not than great money. friends just yet. No, we're not. We're not close, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I would want to think there's more than money involved here. But for all those golfers, it's like, I don't know what's happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's tough because, um, at the end of the day, it, it's just a tough argument because if you take the side of, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't go over to that league. Like you shouldn't be just like taking it for the money. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, I guess, you know, that's a valid argument. Like you you should want to compete, like support the American league, like whatever, whatever it is. Um, But then, you know, on the flip side, the people who do leave can ultimately say, regardless of the amount of money it is that like I'm providing for my family, like I want to provide for my family. You know what I mean? So it's like a tough, it's a tough, like roundabout argument. There's really no, um, there's no like set way to be like, oh, that guy made the right decision or, you know, she made the wrong decision or she made the right one. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's so hard it's so to subjective. I think the my main point I want to make too in this argument and this discussion is that we're not seeing behind the closed doors. We don't really know what's happening. Right. Just like a lot of you guys in the comment section don't know a lot about what's happening behind the scenes of MLW. Something right. as small as MLW. Think about things other than as, that. It's oh, the whole thing's rigged. Yeah. Other than that. Yeah. Um, but something as large as the English Premier League and the Saudi Arabian Soccer League, I don't know the full name of it, you, re- you really have no idea what else is happening behind closed doors and in those meetings and stuff like that. So it's so hard to weigh in. Mm-hmm. But it is impressive, you know, people that do turn down more money for certain things, even with things that are more prestigious yeah. or more accredited. Yeah. Like I think of Billy Bean and Moneyball. If you guys aren't familiar with Moneyball, phenomenal movie, one of my all-time favorites. Um, but Billy Bean is the general manager of the Oakland A's. Oakland A's is one of the lowest budgets and payrolls in Major League Baseball. And he was offered the GM job for more money to go to the Red Sox. You know, one of the most well-respected and historic programs in, in all of baseball. And he turned that job down mm-hmm. just for, due to, like, loyalty is what the movie made it seem like. So that's Loyalty is a big piece. It is. It's, I mean, that's, that's what will keep you awake at night, though. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Totally agree. But what would you guys do? Well, Curious. congrats, Cristiano. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> that's all you can really that's all say. You can say that's all you can really say at this point but all right well what an episode that was fun that was a fun episode a lot of good discussions um we got a couple of fun ones coming up for you guys as well uh next week will be kind of business as usual mm-hmm. let us know who you guys want to hear from i'm thinking probably dallas allen or jordan robles one of those two guys maybe both nice why not both 
Yeah, why not both? I don't know, maybe both. Maybe then, maybe maybe around the this Christmas time we should um you know give thanks and uh, to all the players that are involved in MLW and maybe maybe we pull someone who you wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't think, necessarily of. think of. It's also a good know? idea. I try to give as much thanks as I can to all these guys, big and small yeah. teams in the league. But also next week we probably should get someone who's going to the Houston tournament this weekend and Dallas True. is going, so he might Perfect. be a good person to get on. Perfect. And after that it's Christmas week, so Christmas special round two, I think we're thinking. Bada bing, so bada boom. Give us some ideas as to what to do. We kind of already have some some fun ideas, but it's still a work in progress. Um, we could just sing Christmas carols for you guys for I could like an sing. hour. Maybe I'm I'll just totally go on Insta- Instagram live and sing for him. Like every jingle night before bell, bed or something. Jingle bell, jingle bell, rock. Pew! <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're rambling, but thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Buy yourself some merch on MLWmerch.com. And for those of you going to the Houston tournament, I will see you in just a few days. Peace out. Peace.